<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusives you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Your blood donation matters to the patients counting on life-saving transfusions. Visit redcrossblood.org. This is JSC Radio. We have breaking news right now, and Brad has been telling us about this. The Detroit Lions have just extended the contract of quarterback Matthew Stafford for five years. Yeah, and Brad's here with more details on a rich, rich contract. Matthew Stafford just became the highest paid player in NFL history. $27 million a year is what Matthew Stafford will make with the Lions through 2022. The Lions knew they had to make a deal with their quarterback because for a very long time, Matthew Stafford has been the best quarterback, perhaps in franchise history. Definitely in my lifetime. Dave said the same thing over here just moments ago. Derek Carr made $25 million a year with the contract he signed earlier this offseason. Stafford's new five-year extension will exceed that. He'll become the highest paid QB and player in NFL history. Over his career, Stafford's amassed a 51 and 61 record as a starter. He is 0-3 in the playoffs, but the former number one overall pick in 2009 has the Lions passing records for passing yards, completions, attempts, and touchdowns, and he's only 29 years old. The flip side of it is if you let him walk or you try to franchise tag him, you're looking at trying to rebuild another franchise and try to find another quarterback in a league where quarterbacks are so valuable. So what Detroit did is what Bob Quinn said they were going to do all along, sign their quarterback to an extension. Stafford said he was going to get it done. It was, he was confident, so was Quinn. And here we are looking on the eve of the final preseason game of the season with a new deal locked up five more years with Matthew Stafford. And good to get it done before the season starts so it doesn't become a distraction for sure. And, and they had to do it. I mean, expiring contract, um, this is what the market called for he would have demanded 30 million dollars in a franchise tag that's what the marketplace would have would have caused and now this ups the ante for a guy like Kirk Cousins a Michigan State product with Washington who's probably going to get paid 30 million dollars with a franchise tag next season Aaron Rodgers is a guy who could be looking at an extension soon so the marketplace dictates that the Lions knew they had to do it and here he is now with the richest deal ever I just hope he can bring us a Super Bowl with that's the that bottom money. line that's, that's what everybody's line. saying well, just win come it, on right it, it won't matter uh the contract if he doesn't perform well he'll still get booed. <laughs> 
Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Super Bowl. This dude got to win a playoff game first. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 49th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Hey now, the highest paid player in the NFL is going to get clowned on by the lowest paid man in podcasting. What the hell's going on with you? How's everyone doing? Right back at your ass one more time. I'm here with JSC Radio, and you heard how we're starting this thing. We're getting right off into it, because, I mean, why not? But first and foremost, let me once again thank each and every one of you who supports this show every week, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. On iTunes, be sure to support it on iTunes. Just look up JSC Radio, hit the subscribe button, and you're there. To those of you on Stitcher Radio, you can do the same thing on Google Play. Do the same thing. And for those of you on SoundCloud, simply go to SoundCloud.com slash JSC Radio. What's going on, y'all? Plus, be sure to support the Patreon page. I can't stress that enough. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Treat it as an early birthday gift for me. My birthday is next week. Be sure to treat that like an early birthday gift. Hit your boy up on Patreon and just drop a dollar, two dollars, five dollars on the show. And I can show you so much more love on here. Also want to shout out my man Doc Illingsworth. You'll be hearing his music during the show as well. The beats by Illingsworth. No, the sounds provided by Illingsworth. Damn it, you see it on the logo wherever you go with JSC Radio. I had been avoiding and putting off doing a Lions episode. And I don't know if this counts as a Lions episode as much as it is a Matthew Stafford episode. But by God, what the hell? It's not like I'm surprised by this, to be honest with you. I'm not, really. It's not like I'm surprised by it because I knew the Lions were going to do it. I knew they were going to re-sign him. They are too weak for Stafford not to re-sign him. But two, for however amount of time this might be before, you know, an actual deserving quarterback or position player gets this kind of money. Matthew Stafford is the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. The history of the NFL. He would be making upwards of $27 million a year with incentives and everything else. Because one must remember... That in the NFL, those con- those contracts aren't guaranteed. So when you see $135 million, you have to understand that largely about 55 to 60% of that is not guaranteed money. That's going to be brought to you through incentives and through bonuses. And if he lasts X amount of years or X amount of time, then and only then will you suddenly find yourself getting into that lofty $135 million territory. So no, it's not like how it is in the NBA or in Major League Baseball when a team gets a hold of a big-ass contract on a guy and like like uh, like Stanton down in Miami, for example, that 300 milli is guaranteed for him. So Stafford ain't getting the 135 unless he hits every, every damn benchmark you can think of. But this ain't even really about the money. It's about the principle of the thing. Anybody who's listened to this show, anybody who knows me, anybody who talks to me, 
You already know how I feel about the Detroit Lions. Just go back to a few of the episodes at the start of the year for you to really get a good taste and uh, and feel of that. But y'all also know how I feel about Matthew Stafford. In the midst of everything else, you heard the, the, the open there where the reporters from Channel 7 back in Detroit. What up, though? The, the refrain that I often hear about Matthew Stafford, the real open and outward refrain I hear about him is, but he's the best quarterback of our lifetime. He's the best quarterback of our lifetime. He's the best quarterback the Lions have ever had. He's thrown for 30,000 yards. He had a 5,000-yard season. I don't give a damn. I don't care. Of all the, of all the reasoning you want to make to re-sign this guy or sign him to an extension because he technically wasn't a free agent. So to sign the guy to an extension, the he's the best quarterback in franchise history is the lamest and laziest of the reasons to do so. Have you seen the guys just go down a list of the history of the Detroit Lions and look at the quarterbacks the Detroit Lions have trotted out there in just the last 25 years alone? If we're just going to go back to about 1992, And better yet, let's go back about 30 years. Let's go back to about 1987 and look at some of the guys that the Detroit Lions have run out there at quarterback. You have Eric Hipple and Bob Galliano and Rodney Pete and Andre Ware, Eric Kramer and Dave Craig and Scott Mitchell and Charlie Batch. And then then it gets really silly. And then in a Mike McMahon... And Ty Detmer and his six interceptions in a game. Joey Harrington. Jeff Garcia. Can't forget the Jeff Garcia experience in the mid-2000s. To John Kitna, the guy that the Lions decided to sign instead of this dude who was also a free agent at the time by the name of Drew Brees. No, we'll take John Kitna. That's the guy we're going to hitch our wagon to. To Dan Orlovsky and Dante Culpepper to Matthew Stafford. And to be fair, Drew Stanton and Sean Hill as backups. And that's another thing I'll get to a little bit down the line on this too. Matthew Stafford is, yeah, he's essentially the best of that bunch. That's not saying much. I could stretch this back further into the 80s. It ain't getting any better. That's when Gary Danielson shows up and Jeff Comlo. Oh, hey, I'm just like I'm aging myself here. Greg Landry is like the benchmark for the longest until Stafford showed up. So giving me this whole Stafford's the best quarterback in the history of the franchise bollocks doesn't impress me. Oh, well, why do you have to bring up his one-loss record? See, I wasn't even going to go there, but since you decided to go there, let's do this. His career record is 51-61. and 61. Plus, he's 0-3 when you factor in the playoffs. And I know... Some of the talking heads in Detroit, because all they do is make excuses for guys like Stafford and Brad Ausmus and the like, will say, well, you know, you can't count those first three seasons. They were 0-16. Why can't I count the first three seasons? You drafted him number one overall, okay? He was drafted number one overall in the draft. The Colts had a 3-13 season with Peyton Manning and then immediately just started winning. So don't give me that, oh, well, you know, you can't count those first two to three years. Stafford was hurt for the fair amount of the first two. I'm willing to kind of give you a little room on that. The third year, no, no. But Matthew Stafford is 51 and 61 and a very robust 5 and 46 against teams 500 or better. 
5 and 46. So take that 51 and 61. Subtract 5 from it. That's 46 wins and 15 losses against teams with losing records. 5 and 46 against teams with winning ones. Lions have had three winning seasons with him as quarterback. Made the playoffs three times. Lost all three. Never won the division. And the two times that they've gone into the month of November or later, leading in that division, they fell apart down the stretch, including last damn season. They were 9-4 and four after 13 games, and they won in New Orleans. They won in New Orleans and then beat the Bears. They got to 9-4, and four, where all they had to do was split the last four damn games. Split them. I'm not saying went out and go 12 and 4. I'm not saying went out and go 12 and 4. Those last four games Bears, Giants, Cowboys, Packers. Split them. You get two at home, two on the road. Split them. You win the division. Just split them. They couldn't do that. Oh, but but Jay, he got hurt. He got hurt. He hurt his finger. If he was that hurt, he wouldn't be out there. But the Lions are too stupid to not send him out there. The Lions tried to send him out there with a with one good arm before. So some of that is on them. Oh, but 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 Jay, if you don't have a great quarterback, your franchise is doomed. You don't have to explain to me what a doomed franchise looks like. We're coming up on the 10th anniversary of this franchise getting skunked in the regular season, going 0-16. Well, but if you if you lose him, the franchise will fall apart. I argue, what have they done with him? They haven't won a playoff game. Haven't won a division title. Their best overall player quit rather than play with him. Go back to the episode called 81 and done for that. Do you really want me to, to go through this? Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. He's not a great one. He never has been. I doubt he ever will be. He's almost 30 years old. He's been in the league damn near 10 years. How, long, how much longer am I supposed to wait? Hmm? How much longer am I supposed to wait? And this idea that, well, you know, he, but look at him. If you don't have him, who are you going to replace him with? I draft his replacement. You're also putting your salary cap at risk, bringing a guy like this back, because you still have to re-sign Ziggy Ansah, even though Ziggy Ansah seems to have an issue with, you know, staying upright. But you got to re-sign him. He's your best defensive player. And unlike Ndamukong Sue, he actually wants to be a Detroit Lion. So you got to re-sign him, and you're probably going to lose a whole lot of guys to free agency that you can't re-sign. So you got to hope this new general manager, this understudy from New England named Bob Quinn, will be able to draft and fill those holes. Because that's what you're going to have to do. I get on Lions fans a lot because they seem content just to make the playoffs. They, can see, they seem content just to be competitive and to be, quote, relevant. I would argue the Lions are not relevant. The Lions are looked at as a joke, and they have been for most of my life and most of everybody's lives. Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback who I can't think of. I, I said it. I said this on Twitter, at JSC Radio and at J. Scott Smith, that the Lions were essentially bidding against themselves. I didn't see this long laundry list of people, this long laundry list of teams willing to jettison their quarterback to get them some Stafford. I don't see it. I don't. You know, almost 30-year-old quarterback who's never won anything and needs to have everything tailored exactly to his liking. That's another reason I never cared much for Stafford, his arrogance. He carries himself like a guy who's, who's won a whole lot and he's done nothing. He's not a winner. 
He's not. He's not a winner. He'll put up some great numbers. He'll have those cute little pixie dust filled comebacks against the likes of the Los Angeles Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'll make some cutesy little comeback, which is really more really more on the shoulders of his defense and special teams and just funky shit happening. But they'll make some cute little comeback against some bad team and everybody will get all giddy and be happy. And, Yay, they came back, the cardiac cats. I don't want to hear any of that. When it comes down to it in games that matter, he comes up short. Oh, but Jay, they had an 11-5 and season. Doesn't matter. Packers are 12-4. and Oh, but he had a 5,000-yard season. Doesn't matter. Because when it came down to it, when he had one game to prove himself, one game to get the Lions a home playoff game, their first home playoff game since 1993, magically, he couldn't find a way to outduel Matt Flynn. If I, don't, if, I, if I sound bitter about this, I am. Because it irritates me. Because the Lions had to do it. And they were going to do it. Because the Lions are a simp-ass franchise. And a lot of my fellow Lion supporters are simps themselves. Because they really think that somehow this is a good thing. He's going to be the highest paid player until, you know, Kirk Cousins, fellow Spartan, gets his money. Or when Aaron Rodgers gets his money. And I heard something really silly too. This ridiculous notion that 28 teams would kill to have Matthew Stafford. 28 teams. Well, we can stop that. I said, first first time I heard him say that, I'm like, I'd probably wager it's probably less than 10 would actually take Matthew Stafford right now. So I decided to go through each of the other 31 teams in the league because we don't count Detroit because, you know, Detroit got him. All the remaining teams, both the NFC and the AFC, division by division, and just figure out exactly where the hell you're going to find 28 teams that would ditch whoever they've got going on right now for Matthew Stafford. So I decided to start where the Lions are right now, the NFC North. So the Lions, they're ineligible for this. The Bears, they just drafted their quarterback of the future. And the Bears, mind you, are god-awful. But they just drafted their quarterback of the future, and they signed Mike Glennon for whatever bizarre reason. So... Stafford, not going to happen. I don't think they're getting rid of Mitch Trubisky for Matthew Stafford. Not now, because they think they've got their quarterback of the future. So the Bears, out. Green Bay, (laughs) next. Okay, after that, Minnesota. There's the first one on the list, because you don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is coming back. His leg basically exploded in the middle of the field last year. It was so bad, the dudes were puking all over the place when they saw it. So you don't know if Bridgewater's coming back. Sam Bradford is always delightfully mediocre, so you don't really have anything there. So Minnesota would have taken Matthew Stafford off their hands. Fine. Let's go to the NFC South. New Orleans, Drew Brees. Nope, not happening. Carolina Panthers. Nope, Cam Newton. Not getting rid of Cam to replace him with Stafford. Atlanta. They should have won the Super Bowl about six months ago, but they didn't. But Matt Ryan ain't going nowhere, so you can cancel that out too. Tampa, they're all in on Jameis Winston. So none of the NFC South. So there goes four right there. So already that 28 thing, long since out the window. Let's go to the NFC East. Washington. Washington has Kirk Cousins. He's their own issue. If Kirk Cousins were to leave, I'd toss Washington on the list. I think they're going to re-sign Kirk Cousins, so therefore Washington is off the list. The next three, Giants, Eagles, Dallas. Eli, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. So that whole division, gone, out. Let's go to the NFC West. 
And this is where a lot of hay is actually made. NFC West, Los Angeles Rams. Yes. The Rams would take Stafford and pay him probably twice what the Lions are paying him. So the Rams will go on the list. That's fine. San Francisco. Yes. The 49ers would happily take Matthew Stafford out there, even though their franchise is a total and complete joke right around these days, too. So, all right. It's 49ers. We've got two teams from the West now. We get to the Arizona Cardinals, and this is interesting. Because Carson Palmer is on his last legs. Drew Stanton, who was a very capable backup to Stafford when he was in Detroit, as kind of low-key, one of maybe the second or third best move that Matt Millen made was drafting Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton's the backup, but that's just what he is. He's a backup. So if the Cardinals had the right money working and the right situation, I could see them letting go of Carson Palmer and going all in and getting Matthew Stafford. So I'll put the Cardinals on that list too. Seattle, Russell Wilson. Let's just keep on moving. Now that's it for the NFC. I've got four teams from the NFC. Four that I could see would be better off with Matthew Stafford. Let's go to the AFC. Starting the AFC East. Buffalo, yes. Don't even need to question that. New York Jets, absolutely. The Jets do not have one NFL caliber quarterback on their roster. Yet, one of those guys is going to get run out there in week one. So, fine. There you go. There's two. Miami Dolphins. See, Matt Moore is paid a whole lot of money to essentially be their backup. And for some crazy reason, they went and grabbed Jay Cutler off the scrap heap to replace him. While I think Stafford could do well in Miami, I don't think Miami would put that much money into him considering what they're already doing with Tannehill because they're not totally sold, or not totally given up, I should say, on Tannehill. So, you know what? I'm going to leave Miami out of this. And then there's the Patriots, and we'll just keep right on walking. So, two teams out of the AFC East, Buffalo and the Jets. We go to the AFC North. Pittsburgh, nope. Cincinnati, nope. Cleveland, absolutely. They're starting Deshaun Kaiser. They would put Kaiser on the bench. They would put Kaiser on the street if Stafford became available. So, there's Cleveland. I'll give them Cleveland. Baltimore, I've created a third category here. Baltimore, I look at them kind of like how in spades you got a possible. I look at Baltimore as a possible if Joe Flacco is on his last legs. Because Flacco gets hurt a lot now. So I could see where Stafford could be an upgrade to the Baltimore Ravens. I lean no here, but Baltimore, I could see them being on the list. Now we dip over to the AFC South. Colts, no. Andrew Luck. Titans, no. Marcus Mariota. Jacksonville, yes. Blake Bortles, pretty easy call there. Blake Bortles might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and I'm counting whatever the hell the Jets are running out there as a part of this. Then there's the Houston Texans. The Texans fall into that possible list just like Baltimore does. They really don't have a quarterback either. They've got Tom Savage. Tom Savage is your QB. What the hell are you going to do with Tom Savage? I could see Stafford going there and making it happen in Houston. But Houston doesn't really need a quarterback to excel. They win with a lot of defense and special teams. So it's hard to really peg them. So I put Houston in the possible category, but I lean yes with them. Now we go to the AFC West. Raiders, no. David Carr, pretty pretty cut and dry there. Chargers, no. Phillip Rivers. they're not. Phillip Rivers is, might be more apt to die on the field before they would go to anybody else. 
The Denver Broncos, I say yes. Stafford and Denver might actually be a perfect fit for him outside of Detroit. And they don't have a quarterback in Denver either. They haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning retired after winning the Super Bowl. So Stafford to Denver would be a perfect fit, to be honest. And then there's the Kansas City Chiefs, who have Alex Smith, where you can you can figure out that maybe, maybe you could make the switch from Alex Smith to Matthew Stafford. But Smith, for everything people say about him, he's a solid quarterback, and that team wins with him. They play well with him. They've won, they've won playoff games and gotten pretty far with Alex Smith. So Kansas City would go in the possible category. I would lean no. And there you have it. 28 teams will want Matthew Stafford. At my count, I see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 3 possibles. At best, you're looking at 12. You're looking at a dozen. That's not even half. And if I, if I change that up with the way I have them leaning, that's 10. That's 10, and that's it. Matthew Stafford is going to be a Detroit Lion, and I have to deal with it because it's going to suck, because he's not going to win a thing. He's been coddled and protected to the hilt. They won't even sign a decent backup to go behind him because they don't want him to feel like he's under any pressure whatsoever. They protect him. They let him basically dictate to coaches, I'm not going to work on my mechanics. I'm not going to work on getting in any better shape or work on any sort of strength. I'm not going to do this. And then you wonder why. People bring up 5 and 46, 51 and 61, 0 and 3 in the playoffs, no division championships, no big wins. But I'm supposed to cut this dude a break because he's a quarterback for my Lions. Why can't you just support him? He's in Detroit. He's in Detroit. No. And his wife's obnoxious too. Damn it. My name is J. Scott Smith. And this is the 49th episode. 49. We're getting real close to 50. Major milestone. This is the 49th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Coming up after the break, I'll have a little something on that Mayweather-McGregor fight from over the weekend. Plus, on Monday Night Raw, because yes, for the second straight week, I'm going to sneak some pro wrestling in here. Shout out to the people who showed love to the SummerSlam show, by the way. But for the second straight week, I'm getting some pro wrestling in here as John Cena delivered a master class on how to ether a fool during a promo. But before we head off into this break, and I want to make sure I get this out there, as I'm recording this, the city of Houston and really all of Southeast Texas going into Southwest Louisiana and eventually working its way eastward through Louisiana, over to New Orleans, and possibly into Mississippi and Alabama, is just getting hammered, hammered by Hurricane Harvey. The National Weather Service declared that Hurricane Harvey is the greatest single rain event in U.S. history, dropping more than 50 inches of rain on the city of Houston, fourth largest city in the United States, and people are out here seriously and severely struggling. Over the thousands affected by Hurricane Harvey, they are urgently in need of support. And your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope for these families. You can donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to help the victims of Hurricane Harvey down in Houston and across Texas and Louisiana. 
Your support is critical, and they cannot do it without you. So go to redcross.org or 1-800-RED-CROSS. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 49th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. We'll be back after this as Doc Illingsworth takes us into the break. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. You can make a difference. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kendall Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. But again, we're talking about a guy in his first pro boxing fight. Here in round 10 against Floyd Mayweather. And Floyd Mayweather landing the right hands now at will. And tags McGregor again. Floyd Mayweather has McGregor on the ropes, literally and figuratively. How is the notorious one still standing? That's it. For that man, Floyd Mayweather, first knockout since 2011, first stoppage. This is the 49th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. Shouts out to my man, Mauro Ranallo. You can follow him at Mauro Ranallo on Twitter. He will get with you and will get back with you if you're at the man. He's a really, really good dude mental health warrior of course he's not only the voice of showtime boxing as you heard there he's also the voice 
of WWE's NXT and of Bellator. So this man is all over the place. So shout out to him. Shout out to my man, Doc Gillingsworth. Be sure to hit him up on Bandcamp.com. Bandcamp.com. You can also go to Illingsworks.com as well to check out all the music from my man, Doc Gillingsworth. And also shouts out to my homies, Detroit City. Might just end up seeing you brothers this weekend when we come home for the Labor Day weekend. And my birthday is coming up in a week. And what better way to hit your boy off with a gift than to simply go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio and become a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio. As we are on the eve of episode 50. Episode 50. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. But first things first, man, you're messing with the worst. You just heard the end of the mega money fight. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. And I'm not going to go on too long about this. I mean, hell, just had a two-hour show last week. So I'm not going to draw and drag this out any longer than I have to this week. But I didn't talk a lot about Mayweather McGregor beforehand because I honestly thought the fight was going to be a complete and total farce. I thought it was going to be a joke. I mean, just judging from that world tour that they went on with the pressers in Toronto and in and in Vegas and in New York, it was just all this ridiculousness they did and the racial slurs and the and the problematic things that both guys were saying and the and the f bomb that Mayweather dropped and how Mayweather is just not a very good human being and Conor McGregor ain't much better of a person his damn self. This whole thing just seemed like it was going to be just outrageous. And surprisingly, in the ring on Saturday, watching through a pirated feed, because there was no way in hell I was paying $100 to see that damn thing, watching what I could watch, what we could see in between, you know, the buffering and the and the ads and everything, I was somewhat surprised at that. Now, see, unlike a lot of people who just seemed astonished that Floyd Mayweather didn't lay out Conor McGregor within 10 seconds, for one, we all know that that's not... That's not Mayweather's game, as you heard there at the end of the clip. That's the first time he stopped a guy in a fight via a knockout, TKO, whatever. It's the first time in six years that he stopped a guy in a match. Mayweather is not going to knock you out unless you're the big show. Mayweather's not going to knock you out. Mayweather is going to walk you down, wear you down, finesse you to death, get to the 12th round, get the decision, and get his little ass out of the ring. That's how Mayweather works. That he stopped McGregor, a guy who had never actually professionally boxed before, is somewhat impressive, but also somewhat expected. Here's the thing. People are making what Conor McGregor did out to be this major accomplishment. It's a big-time accomplishment, don't get me wrong. The guy's a UFC fighter. And that's the point I'm getting at. This wasn't like CM Punk going from pro wrestling, having never fought, in MMA or any form of organized combat sports, going from professional wrestling right over into MMA and getting his head kicked in in about a minute and a half. There's a big difference there. Conor McGregor was is a world-renowned mixed martial artist and fighter. Now, I'm not saying going over to boxing is easy. It's clearly not. And he was good and blown up by about the sixth round. Because he's used to going max 25 minutes, five five-minute rounds. So he's pretty much trained up mentally to go 25 minutes. It's like how Mike Tyson was pretty much trained up to go no more than three rounds. 
Once you got out of three rounds, shit got a little hairy. That's how it worked for Conor McGregor. He's a guy who's built to go 25, maybe 30 minutes max, and then he starts to wear down. And right around that 30-minute mark is when Floyd walked him down, wore him down, and eventually beat him down and put him away. But the crazy thing is, I find it rather impressive that Mayweather was able to put down Conor more so than it is that McGregor went 10 rounds. Because again, this was not CM Punk stepping into MMA and getting his head bashed in. Conor McGregor is an experienced fighter. I would have been more shocked if that thing didn't go like at least six to seven rounds. Because the guy has some experience fighting. He has some experience in combat sports. Now, obviously, he's not a boxer. It's a different, it's a different form of fighting altogether. Mayweather is in there with the inherent advantage. And yeah, I've been seeing where boxers are saying Mayweather could have put him down anytime he wanted to. I've seen where Canelo Alvarez says that he could have put him down anytime he wanted to. That they could that you have uh, Oscar De La Hoya kind of insinuating that this thing was a bit of a farce. It was fixed. I don't know if it was fixed. I will say this. McGregor had made at least a decent showing of himself. He didn't make a complete ass out of himself like they both did during the pressers. Was I going to spend $100 to see that? Hell no, I wasn't going to spend $100 to see that. The next, really the next pay-per-view I'm going to throw money down is what? I got the WWE Network. I don't need to spend money on WWE pay-per-views. And since John Jones can't, can't seem to keep himself out of the positive drug tests... It's not like anything John Jones is doing is going to get me to throw down money on the UFC. Ronda Rousey looks like she has one foot closer into the pro wrestling door than she does into coming back into UFC. So the big time, big name pay-per-views, I just don't see that happening. And the funny thing is when I lived in Michigan, when there would be UFC pay-per-views on Saturday nights, I would go to this Buffalo Wild Wings in Ferndale, which wasn't that far from where I was staying at the time in Southfield. And those places would be packed because UFC was fresh. And it still is. Don't get me wrong. I still will take MMA over boxing, especially these days. But boxing might be on a bit of an upswing because that kind of reignited a little bit more interest in the sport this weekend. So I'll give Conor McGregor credit for that much. And I'll give Floyd Mayweather credit for that much. Floyd's still a scumbag. He's still an awful human being. He's still a domestic abuser. He's still a loudmouth. He's still a dirtbag. He's still a terrible person through and through. But I'll give him credit, and I'll give Conor McGregor, who's also a scumbag, his credit for hanging in there as long as he did and getting punched in the face, essentially in an art form that he's not used to dealing with. And it was showing pretty quickly once you got to about that fifth, sixth round that he had no business being in a boxing ring. But he hung on for 10 rounds. This isn't like giving him a participation trophy because this is a guy who's a grown man and he can do this on his own. But I'll give him credit for this. You aren't going to drop a guy who's never fought before in the ring with a dude like Floyd Mayweather. Or say what you will about him. He's one of the best fighters of all time. He's not the greatest of all time, but he's one of maybe the top 10 of all time in terms of a fighter. He's a bottom 10 person, but a top 10 fighter. To jump in the ring with that guy, no matter how easy Floyd was taking it on you, I'm going to assume it was a shoot and it wasn't a work. McGregor showed me a little something. He did. He showed me a little something, taking that ass whooping like a man. 
Speaking of taking that ass whooping like a man, we will close this show out for the second straight week with me taking a step over to the world of professional wrestling. Not sports entertainment, damn it, professional wrestling. Monday night on Raw, John Cena and Roman Reigns had a showdown in advance of their match at No Mercy in Los Angeles next month. John Cena and Roman Reigns have not faced off against each other one-on-one since Reigns became this megastar, and Cena has since kind of become this professor emeritus, quote-unquote, part-time guy who wrestles and does movies. He's going to be in the new Transformer film that they're already shooting. He strangely does a lot of stuff on the Today Show. He's got He's got this show on Fox that he does. He's got a lot of irons in the fire, but yet he comes back and gets it done. So Reigns and Cena decided that they were going to face off. Kurt Angle has introduced them, and John Cena does what John Cena does. He comes down, he gets booed by half the crowd, cheered by all the kids, and he decides he wants to call out Roman Reigns. John Cena, say what you will about him. And those of you who are old enough to remember when he first came into the company way the hell back in 2002, he had a rap gimmick. The thing about it is John Cena, decent rapper. Not very, not the greatest rapper, but he can spit a few bars if you, if you can really try to push him a little bit. So he has that battle rapper mentality. For those of you who don't follow professional wrestling, even those of you who do, you'll know where I'm coming from with this. Pro wrestling promos are essentially battle raps without the rhymes. Just think about your favorite pro wrestler. And you all had one as a kid. Don't act brand new. But think of your favorite pro wrestler as a kid. Most of us, it was guys like Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan or the Macho Man Randy Savage. You get into the 90s, you got The Rock, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bret Hart would drop a nasty promo on you here or there. Kevin Nash would. Shawn Michaels might have something for you. Whatever the case may be. Different guys having different speeds on that microphone. A great promo can make you want to pay to see a match. And what you had on Monday Night Raw would have made me actually pay pay pay-per-view prices just to see this match. So we pick this up where Cena has done his usual introductory shtick. Out comes Roman Reigns. And Reigns, who's been feeling himself ever since WrestleMania 33 where he had that match against The Undertaker that apparently sent The Undertaker into retirement, he hasn't hesitated to stop telling the world about it, and he lets Cena know whether he really even feels the need to have to engage with him. You may not understand this, because probably no one's ever told you this before, John, but you're not as big of a deal as you think you are. And this is the fact. I don't care what you've done or what you plan to do. I've done something you'll never do. I retired The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So maybe it's not that I don't want to fight you. Maybe I just don't need to. Well, Mr. Cena. He got the volley from Reigns and decided it was his turn to retort. And the one thing you got to understand about John Cena, for everyone who thinks he's mad corny, and yes, he had a stretch of time where he was really corny, you tend to forget that this guy was a savage back when this company still allowed you 
to get all PG-13 and beyond on the microphone. John decided to remind Mr. Reigns of this point, and things started to get a little spicy from this point on. I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. They go back and forth with you because when they look at you, they see what I see. A cheap-ass, corporately created John Cena bootleg. Oh, by the way, if you thought Cena was done, no. Like I said, it started getting spicy, and John apparently was just getting started. This chump right here, he ain't the guy. Dude, you're just a guy. A guy trying so desperately to fill shoes that you never will. Listen carefully, young man. I'm not the undertaker. I'm not a battered veteran at the end of his career with a bad hip. I am the fastest, strongest, and hungriest that I have ever been in my entire life. And the reason you won't sign that is because you know if you do, your Roman Empire Now, much like a rap battle, if you're going to come at it, you got to come rapid fire and you got to be prepared. You got to have two or three things locked and loaded for your victim. And Roman, he's not always been known as the greatest guy on the microphone. At least Roman Reigns has not been known as the greatest guy on the microphone. And he gets flustered and he gets caught slipping. And John Cena, ever the opportunist, pounces on him. He did it again. He's the king of this. He can take anything and spin it. That's what he does. But it blows my mind that he stands out here and he runs his mouth and he's talking about y'all boo him because y'all want him to be a bad guy? They boo you because first of all, you suck. Hey, uh, uh, according to them, so does he, but that's okay. He won a gold medal. Just shut up for a while. How about that? And second of all... Go ahead, find it. Go ahead. Oh, wait. It's called a promo, Shut your mouth, if you want to be the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it, so go ahead. Wow. <laughs> See, it's about at this point that a very clearly flustered and irritated and pissed off Roman Reigns starts to bubble and boil to the surface. And at a certain point, he stops being Roman Reigns. He's no longer the stoic, hard-hitting Roman Reigns of the WWE. No, this is Joe Noi, the very pissed-off Samoan who grew up in the street and has had enough of John Cena's shit. The reason why they boo you is because they see right through you. You're a phony. You're a yes-man who can learn how to do anything or be anything. So if you wrap all that up, you're just a fake bitch. 
Oh, we're talking now, ain't we? Yeah, you're hearing me now, ain't you? Not only that, he's a part-time and fake-ass <laughs> Whoa, sir. Jeez. There are children listening. But apparently, he's not done. And I'll be damned if I don't bust my ass Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single week so you can hang out on the Today Show. Then jump on his big old bus. And hell, maybe I'll come to a WWE show if they pay me enough. But what are you really going to do, John? What are you going to do, huh? You're going to jump off that bus with that big-ass shuffle. That big shut, that big shovel. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna bury as much young talent as you can. Because that's what you do, right? That's how you stay on top of the mountain. Again, John is not a rookie to these things. He's he's not new to these promo battle streets. So he took in everything that young I know I had to say, lined it up and then fired it right back at him. And it's a good thing that Roman wears a bulletproof vest because these were some shots coming back in his direction, really putting this thing in perspective to, while Roman is good, John Cena is a hell of a lot better. Roman Reigns is a damn fool. There's an old saying, it's better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're stupid than to open and prove them right. You, of all people, you, Waltz down here and use the same pathetic excuse that every other single person before you has done. You, with all your gifts and all your opportunities, you have the gall to blame me. That's fine, that's fine, big dog. Congratulations, it took you five years to cut a halfway decent promo, but now I'm about to shrink you down to size. And the thing is, the passive-aggressive shade there is just the beginning. It pretty much got very, very real and very raw for Young Reigns at this point. I'm a level with you, homie. I haven't main evented WrestleMania in five years. I was the opening match at SummerSlam. I was honored and privileged to earn the United States title at this stage in my career and use it as a beacon of opportunity to introduce new superstars to the WWE like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, just to name a few. You took the US title as a demotion. And you stand there and blame me Fine, I blame you. I'm still here because you can't do your job. To say that Roman found himself in over his head is understating it. Because that wasn't the kill shot. This was the kill shot. When it comes to this yard, you probably haven't learned it yet. There's only one rule, step up or step aside. And over the years, there's been a few to step up, but nobody to ever keep up. And then I finally hear about this one guy, the guy, 
the Roman Reigns, the one that can keep up. And now I look at you and I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Hold on, dog. Hold up. You ain't gonna come up on me and tell me that you can do my job part-time better than I do it full-time. That's the type of thing that journalists get told by you J-Brones who can't even negotiate the word lose or loose or there, there, or there. But John Cena was talking greasy at this point. Hear this one more time. Listen to this shit. Because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Nah, fam, you ain't gonna talk you ain't gonna talk to me sideways like that. Reigns pissed off, grabbed the pen, signed the contract. Cena got exactly what he wanted. And come no mercy, these guys are gonna get after it. Now, whether the match is gonna be great, whether it's gonna be mediocre, who knows? But I'm gonna need at least one more of those before these boys head out to the Staples Center in Los Angeles. My name is Jay Scott Smith. And for 49 episodes, 49 full episodes, I've been bringing y'all all sorts of insanity from all different types of subject matters, ranging from politics all the way to pro wrestling, to sports, to news, to hip-hop, to whatever it may be. And coming up in a couple of weeks is the biggest milestone episode of them all, at least for the time being. That's episode 50. 50 episodes of this. When I first started doing this show a year and a half ago, it was touch and go whether I'd make it to 10. And here I am about to hit the 50th episode. I'm I'm not sure what I'm going to have planned for you. It's going to be in two weeks, after Labor Day and after my birthday and everything, but I'm going to have something special for your ass. And I appreciate each and every one of you who check me out, whether it's on jscottsmith.com or on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Google Play or Audio Boom or wherever else you might happen to hear this show. And for those of you, the chosen ones who have supported me on Patreon, I especially appreciate you. Este es el episodio 49. As we get ready for episodio 50 of JSC Radio, my name is Jay Scott Smith telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. Big ups to Doc Illingsworth. The next time I get at your ass, it will be episode 50. Goodbye, everybody. Because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy 
who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.